0: Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. This is episode 58. We're interviewing today in a second part of our system series where I interview all the system basketball coaches in America. Today is part two with Dr. George Barber. He's the head men's basketball coach at Greenville University. In 2019 season... They set the NCAA Division III record in scoring offense, 135.1 points per game. Also in 2019, he led the country in assists per game, steals per game, turnover margin, total assists, three-point field goal attempts, three-point field goals made, total steals, offensive rebounds per game, turnovers, fours, total rebounds per game. In 2018, Greenville set the NCAA record for total points scored in a season. 3,528 and 28 games. In 2016 SLIAC Coach of the Year, 2016 SLIAC Regular Season Co-Champions, recipient of the Lee McKinney Distinguished Service Award in 2015. He's also part of Kentucky's 1996 National Championship team as a graduate assistant coach. Coaches, uh, this this system at Greenville University, a lot of people don't know about it. But he has an unbelievable record, uh, scoring margin, scoring points. I mean, it is an unbelievable system. Also, you can go on to Championship Productions and purchase the video of the system, which I have and I absolutely love. And so if you're interested in replicating the system or putting parts of it into your own program, take out your notebooks. You're going to have to really listen to Coach
1: George Barber. Kevin? Coach! Yeah, we made
0: it. Coach Barbara, I tell you, um, hey, that's That's, that's great effort. It's kind of like your teams, man, giving that great effort for uh, one-minute
1: shifts. Well, thank you. I mean, I did feel like I was riding the bike with my hair on fire a thousand miles an hour trying to get this app started, but we got it going. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you know, us basketball coaches, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we don't have sophisticated systems here, no, but um, I
1: remember when uh, the copy machine started, the coach would push one six times in a row to get some scouting reports out. And we said, Coach, you know, you can push six and then program it in. He said, Whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, that's, hey, that's what makes it fun, man. That, that was a hard earned beginning right there. That's great, though. I mean, I'm, I'm fired up.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, awesome. um, but I tell you, I mean, I love, um, you know, I'm just I'm a girls basketball coach and I, I, I the podcast all about guys like you. I love guys who have their own vision of the game um, and you have a unique vision. And that's why I talk to guys like you and Doug Porter. I just spoke to Gary Smith. I'm going to try oh. to get him on next. Wow. Um, today? I, no, not today. I'm actually oh. going to try to get him on later uh maybe probably next week um but uh, i spoke to doug and i uh matter of fact he's going to speak at a clinic of my friend that runs a clinic and uh mattis love you guys i think you guys have a unique style and i want you to share that with us but hey tell us about some of the great mentors who kind of led to your philosophy and thinking now
1: yeah well for sure you mentioned too um doug porter and gary smith and it's funny i went when we were thinking about doing the system, which is you know, every it's it's pressing on steroids. Everything is double. I mean, it's double the amount of players. So you know, double the participation. That's why I did it. But it's double the points, double the steals, double the turnovers created, but also double the fouls. You know, <laughs> and so I knew it was um, I knew it was it was sort of a risk to do it. I really wanted to increase my participation. I wanted to be able to have what I would call ministry with more kids. You know, I just wanted to be able to have them know that at some point, if they worked hard in practice, they would get in the game when the game is on the line. Now the top 10 guys get the lion's share of the minutes, but you know, we can play 15 or 16. So I called Doug. Well, first of all, I got the book. I just went online, ordered the book, the system, how to you know, the complete coaching guide to the system. And I called Doug and he was great. You know, he answered my phone He said, come up and visit. So he's up, uh, well, he met me a little South of Chicago, Olivet Nazarene. And we met with his current, uh, well, the current head coach, Olivet who studied under him. Um, she was running the system and, and then Gary, I called him, he's on the West coast, you know, and I said, Gary, this is fascinating. And he was fantastic. I mean, he talks to me in for like an hour. So right. I read their book, took copious notes. And finally I called Gary, this is like September. And I said, Gary, we're going to go with the system. And I'm sure he's heard a lot of people say that, but you know, I said, we're going to go with it. And I said, would you be willing if I flew you out here to Illinois to help me put the system in, like come out for a week? And he's, he said, I'll, I know, call me back or whatever. So I called him back about a week later, and he said, no, why do you want me to come out there? I said, because I got to know how hard you have to play. And he said, okay, that's a good answer. I'll come out there. Buy me a ticket, and I'll be out there. So he came out, and he was great. Dave Arsenault was great. You know, Grinnell, I still don't – we don't use the word Grinnell in our program. We try to be a little different, but he's, <laughs> he's fantastic. We've only played him once they beat us. So, I mean, they got it down pat better than we do, but – um, he's been great. And then I have yet been able to get, I've not been able to get in touch with Paul Westhead and I'm going to try to make that happen this summer. Cause I think I got a beat on where he's, where he, you know, where his home is at. And I just got to find somebody who knows him. So, you know, and, and say, look, we scored 135 points a game. We set the NCAA record for, you know, the season of the most points scored average, average point scored per game in a season. Can can that get me to the table with you? And see what he says. I mean, I guess he could always say no. But then in addition to that, Frosty Westring I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a football guy. He's been a mentor. Um, Pete Carroll, the football coach at the Seahawks, has been great. He's big on enthusiasm, right. playing music and practice. He invited me out when I asked him to, and he was just – he was great to me. Rick Pitino, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say him because he got me started. I got to coach at Kentucky. We won a national championship in 1996, and I was a, sort of a grad assistant on, on that bench. And Jim O'Brien, I saw him on the bench with the 76ers the other night. Frank Vogel's a friend of mine. We coached together at Kentucky. He's now the Lakers coach. There's a lot of mentors, Billy Donovan, Tubby Smith, Herb Sindek. a lot of guys, a lot of guys.
0: That, that's a great list right there, Coach. I mean,
1: it is. I um, it. I mean that's an unbelievable
0: list. Yeah, you know what? I, I got to tell you, I know it's kind of – I mean, I want to get into your story, but um, Rick Pitino, huge fan. I think he's got – he's now coaching, I think, in Greece. I think that's it correct. is. Correct, yeah. Um, and I know he's made some mistakes. I I personally think he's one of the best top five coaches all time. And that, I, I, know going, I know that's going – but, man, that guy can teach the game of pressure, can he? Yeah. And just teach the game.
1: Yeah, no, he's a – I mean, Coach, I mean, good grief. You know, whenever I call Coach and I, I just call, we only talk about family. You know, I just don't talk about all that other stuff. I mean, we may talk about a, an X's and O of the, of the game. But all the other stuff that's going on, I feel really bad because I tell you what, when I was with him, we, he ran a tight ship. And it was, it was impressive what he did at Kentucky. And people would say, "Well, what did, what did Rick do? Like, how did, how did he get to, you know, turn teams around so quickly?" And the answer was always, "It wasn't an X's and O's. It wasn't a style of play. It was that he got you to believe as a player that you could do more than you ever thought you could do. You know, I mean, that that's what he. That's how he was able to, to get people to." Um, to overachieve it's just he just got you to believe that you could do more than you ever thought you could you know so I love coach I mean the energy around him is amazing it's like I always said it's like working around a bonfire as long as you didn't get too close you'd get burned up but if you could just hang in there you could hang in there you know I mean he was amazing and and I'm so uh, thankful and blessed to have been able to have worked under him and around him and kind of see how he gets things done. And yeah, he's for sure a hall of fame coach and I hope he gets another NBA job or a college job. If he wants it, you know, I, I told him, I said, living in Greece, I'd like to come out there and help you for a year. You know, <laughs> exactly. My, 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 my youngest <laughs> son's graduated from high school on Sunday. So we'll be empty nesters. I mean, I'm just going to put in for a sabbatical and go with him for a year. I, I mean, I can't live uh, in the Mediterranean. That sounds great to me. So Yeah, you can run your system in
0: Greece, man. You can start yeah. something up out there. Yeah. I mean, I know. um, but that's great, man. Belief, I tell you, that's a great word. And that's one thing that you have to have with your system, right? Because there's, no, there's no gray area from what I no. sense of. The, I, saw, I call you guys the... I mean the four amigos, man, the four top systems. Yeah. You got to really believe in it, right?
1: No, you do, and you know, and and Gary was right. So Gary, you know, I I, I flew him out. He was great. He was like seventy something when he came out. He's down in a stance, you know. He's he caught quivered his <laughs> quivering his feet. You know, he's telling the kids, you got to get down. You got to pop your passes on your you know shooting drills, and he's just great. So. We're in my office, and this was, this was toward the end of his time. I mean, we I took him fishing. He loves to go fishing, so we don't have trout or anything. We just got bass and all that kind of stuff here in Illinois. But we took him on the on the team fishing boat, the bass fishing boat. He loved it. I took him to a, a square dance with the women's basketball team and our team, and he was just amazed at all the fun stuff we did. But we're at the we're on the last day of the visit, and I had a scrimmage against. Um, federal prison we have a federal prison here in greenville you know and it's always a home game for those guys and so we have to go in it's an experience you know for our kids to go in a prison a federal prison and gary gary comes with us and before we go in about lunchtime gary says "Uh, george i'm a little worried about your offense i think it's not structured enough and i said well we put in some stuff from read and react and we we weren't trying to be quite as structured as Olivet or as grinnell And, and that, and so he comes and we sit on the bench and we scored 91 points in the first half. This is the first day of ever running the system ever against an opponent. And he said at halftime, he said, your offense is fine. (laughs) (laughs) But he, you know, I mean, he, and so we're sitting in my office and it's getting ready to get back on the plane to go out West. And I said, Gary, what? Uh, Like when is enough is enough. You know, like is, do you, if it's 10 point lead with five minutes to go, 20 point lead, 10 minutes to go. Obviously, if you're down, you're going to keep playing. And he just looked at me and kind of shook his head. And I said, what? He said, you, you just keep doing it. You just you don't stop. You you get 100 shots a game or in fifty threes or whatever your goals are and you meet your goals. And then and, it, and that's what you do. And he said, I said, but now, come on, you're you're trying to win the game. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, you know, of course, you're trying to win the game. But he said, but you don't even you never even think about that until maybe the last couple minutes of the game. Once your goals have been met, then you might put in what we call finishers, you know, for the last two, three minutes of the game and use your timeouts and maybe try to slow it down a little bit to preserve the victory. And, of course, if you're down, you're just going to keep going wide open, subbing every 50 seconds, every minute. And then, and Doug Porter said, you know, George, we got down to where we were trying to sub every 35 seconds. And I just said, that is insane. But you know, the more I run it, the more I say, well, I can see, I can see why that might work. You know? So it is, you're all, you gotta be all in. So if you go, "Uh, I think I'll go run fast on offense and then I'm not going to sub every minute or, you know, or two or whatever you decide on. And, I'm not going to press. I'm just going to drop back in the zone. You are not playing system. You know, you got to do it on both ends of the floor, and you got to do it for in you know college forty minutes, high school thirty two. You just got to do it the whole time.
0: Yeah, one thing I love about it, it's it's the, I guess I've been coaching a long time now. I I'm not really that smart, but I think I'm getting wiser. It's when you focus on the process and not winning the game's more fun, right? Oh
1: my goodness! So so I brought a kid in. He was a great three-point shooter. He was going to be a senior. This is right before we started the system four years ago. And I said, we're going to run the system. And all the blood drained from his face. I mean, he looked (laughs) awful. And he said, oh. I said, what's wrong, Tim? He said, I hate the system. He's from Iowa. So I said, well, who? wait a second. I said, who told you you hate the system? And, you know, we had to kind of unpack it. And he said, well, okay, maybe my dad, maybe my uncles. So. I said, well, let's give it a shot. You know, I mean, you know, I know you think you're going to lose minutes. Well, just to fast forward, at the end of the season, that young man led the nation in three-point attempts, three-point makes, was a top-ten finalist for National Player of the Year from Tiny Little Greenville, and he loved the system. And so the point is, you're exactly right. You you play with no fear because you, you can't have any fear because you've got to go so fast, and then you're going to come out, whether you made two threes or you didn't make two threes, you're coming out, you're coming out and then you're going right back in, you know, in one minute. So we just, no time for crying. There's no time for anything except maybe getting your breath, collecting your thoughts with your teammates, get a quick drink of water and go right back in. And it's just so fun. And I'm walking up and down the bench and I'm saying, You know, I'm asking the manager, my assistant, how many threes have we taken? And they'll say, you know, for a half, we're at 19. (laughs) And I'm going up and down a bench. We need more threes, you know. (laughs) And the kids love that. They love. Oh, no
0: doubt. (laughs) I mean, and to me in that, I really have been studying. I've been studying it for a long time. I have all, I have all, I have everybody's videos. Of course, I have yours. Hey, I'm just going to tell you, your videos I, I, maybe Doug will get upset with me on that. Actually, both your videos are great. Thank you. Uh, very detailed. Very detailed. Um, I'm going to promote it as much as I can because I'm looking to do it. That's what I told Doug. I'm a small high school coach, right. girls coach. Right. Um, and I'm looking to put in the system. But before okay. I do anything, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to study my tail off trying to get as much details. And I want you to help me yeah. and my listeners on how can I do it at the high school level because hardly anybody does it at the high school level.
1: Okay. Well, okay. Now, and and there there may you may not know some people, but there's probably a hundred teams that do do it. But and and who, okay. the guy who knows that all that information is Arsenal. because he's been, he's been doing it for twenty years. I've only been doing it for four, and I'm glad I did it. My right. AD, you know, has encouraged me to do it for maybe ten. But I just I said I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He said I think you have the personality. And you like playing up-tempo, and you like including more people. And so only when the administration said, you know, go ahead and have a full JV squad because we, we want more, you know, basketball players here. And I had a good philosophy thing going. Was That's when I was able to pull the trigger. But but so, so yes, if you want to do it, there. I mean, Arsenal would know there's a lot more high school teams. But here's the thing. You This is like the must-do thing. Like if guys call me and they do – like in November, say, well, the season's kind of sour. We'd like to put the system in. Uh, can you know? Can we come watch a practice, or whatever? I I just say, oh, sure, you can come watch practice. But I would highly, I would highly discourage you from trying to put the system in over Christmas break. You know, right, dude, that's just right. not the time to do it. I mean, you, because because it is so crazy, it's so wild. You, I mean, you know, when you're bringing five people in at a time every minute or whatever you decide. Um, that's that's gonna ruffle some feathers in the basketball world, in the parents' world, in the players' world, in everybody's world. So you you have to. The first thing you gotta do is get yourself prepared with your administration, and parents, and players. So you 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 craft a letter. You know, and you go into your principal, you go into your athletic director, and you say, "Hey, I want to do this." Here's all the positives, and they list it in the book of the system. Gary and Doug, they just list everything. And I would agree with everything they put down. But the most important thing is you, you, you write this letter and you go make a meeting with your athletic director and you sit down and you say, I want to do it. And you and you focus on why you want to do it. I want to I want to have more increased participation. I want to have more right. increased participation. You keep saying that, and then you want you say, you know, I want to involve more of the girls and I want I want it to be exciting and I don't want to just control everything. I want to let the kids have their energy released and not, you know, controlled. And, and and I just think it's a fun way to play. And, you know, and if you highlight those things. You know, what you want to do is you want to walk out of the room and you want the A.D. to say, like my A.D. said to me, OK, George, when this goes bad and you're losing a lot of games in January, I don't want you to give up on it. Because you sounds like you really believe in it. You and so, you know, it may take a couple years to get everybody in the community used to it. But, you know, but don't give up. And so sure enough, we were two and ten to start the season I started the system. We were two and ten. And we're playing a super athletic team. And I turned to my assistant coach and I said, if we could just if we just went zone, we could win this game. I mean, you know, they're just beating us because they're athletic and we're trying to press them and they're just we haven't learned to play hard enough. We haven't learned to press hard enough. And he said, yeah, but, Coach, you put so much into this. I would not. I wouldn't do it, not just to win one game. Don't do it. And he was so right. And we lost that game. But then the next practice, I put my varsity kids down, those top, those top three teams, those top 15 kids. I put them down 20 points to the JV squad. I put 10 minutes on the clock. And I said, you're going to learn to play fast. And if you don't, if it, you, so, you're down 20. And if you whatever the point number you lose by, that's how many that's how many suicide sprints you got to run end to this practice. <laughs> and so, and right. so they lost by 13. And, Kevin, it was hard. I mean, it was hard. I mean, I blew that whistle and their tongues are hanging out and they're already exhausted. And I said, 13, you know, that's what I told you, you didn't. You, you got to play faster. You got to come back. You got to shoot threes. You got to take risks. We're going to celebrate risk. We get steals, not stops. They're going to score 10 or 15, but you got to score 35 in this, in this time period, you know? And so next practice, same thing they, they got it down. It was like 10 points to go at about a minute and a half. And they, they, and they called timeout. They said, look, this is their, their themselves. They said, if we can get a couple more threes, then, all, then all we got is seven sprints, you know, or, or, or five or four, you know, and, and so they, they, they learned, you start taking risks and they lost by maybe five. So five sprints and about two or three, four practices like that. They started learning to play fast and to play right, you know, as far as the system. And we started winning and we went like 10 and two or 12 and two to finish the season. And we won our conference. And we went the next couple of years and went to the national tournament. So and then the older ones taught the younger ones how to play that fast. So it took a little while.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and it took a while to get belief, yeah. right? Belief doesn't happen mm. overnight. Um, that's a great lesson though, Coach, because cause we all stop during the process, don't we? We put something in, it's, it's like culture, it's not working.
1: It's the it's we, the, it's, i mean that we all do it's, it it's it's the it's the all <laughs> it's the all glory goes to the win culture and you know right and so i Good mean point. So here's the thing like you know we have to say to our team you love basketball right now okay, yeah we love basketball coach and so then you say well then okay if the game if you have no chance of winning this game are you still going to play hard and, and you know, well, we hope we hope we will. Yeah. Okay. And so then we say, if you have no chance of losing this game, like you're up 20 and there's only three, four, five minutes to go, there's no chance of losing it. Are you still going to play hard? You know, because the culture would always say, if the win is taken out of the picture, then, you know, let's just give up or let's just don't play hard or let's just relax if we know that we've won. And see, I just don't like that. I don't like that part of our culture. I don't like that. Everything in our culture is built around the win. And that's Mm -hmm. what I learned from frosty Western, which is, you know, it's not doing your best. It's not being the best. We all want to be the best. We all want to be the champ. And then, you know, it's, it's pretty good to say, well, I want to do my best. That's still not it. The, the, the key is to give it your best shot. So, you may not be as big, strong, and fast as the other team. And if you fail, you know, the only thing that you can control is your attitude and your effort. You may not can control that they're bigger, stronger, faster. You may not can control that the refs are not very good that night or you're not shooting well, but you can always control your attitude or effort. And that has to do with giving it your best shot. And that's what, that's, what's so great about the system is you you just, if you make a mistake, you know what? I got one minute, get a drink of water, and I got to go back out, and I got to give it my best shot.
0: Yeah, those are life skills, aren't they? I mean, I mean I'm thinking going, gosh, why don't – I mean, we're all guilty of that, right? I mean, it's like just, just yeah. go
1: for it. <laughs> and you weed out – here's another thing the system does. This, I mean, there's so many positives to the whole thing. Um, but you weed out selfishness real quick. So, you know, of course, the biggest, I call it a weed, the biggest weed in the system is somebody coming out and say, well, I'm not tired. You know, because, I mean, you got you got a minute. And they say, I'm not tired. Right. And so what I do, I, I, I take that weed and I kind of I kind of kill that weed for about three days. I mean, I stomp on that weed. I say, look at this guy. He said he's not tired. Whose fault is that? That's his fault. He didn't play hard enough or her fault, whatever he wants. You know, they didn't play hard enough. They don't understand how hard you have to play because because if you run a hundred meter dash for a minute, if you run it for 10 seconds, you're exhausted. So if you run it for a minute, like every single one of you should be looking over at me, tugging your shirt, saying whatever, please let me foul somebody so I can stop the game, you know. And in a, in a funny story, uh, an opponent of Gary Smith, this is many years ago, 20, 30 years ago. He was at Redlands. He said, "He said, Men, he said, use all the timeouts you want tonight. They said, coach, after six, we get technical foul. He said, I don't care. <laughs> he said, I, you just need to stop the clock when you can. Now, now, not to the system team, but the team playing the system. But it just – it generates creativity on both sides. It eliminates – it weeds out – it smokes out – the people that are selfish you know and they just they have to learn to you know to play and cheer for the guy who's out there in their spot because they know they're going to go right back out there and be in the same spot
0: yeah it's the it's the ultimate team morale i mean you when you're playing when that 16th yep. man um or maybe in my case 12, you know, I might have 13, 12 or
1: 13. you can do it with 12, yeah, 12 13, we, you know, small school. 10, um, yeah, with, yeah. You know, 12 is probably about the minimum, but you I've won games with 10 guys on the bench cause I had suspensions or something, you know, and, and you can do right. it. And we beat a great team from Michigan, all of it. I mean a great team in a tournament with 10 guys. Cause I had like seven, six or seven guys suspended for goofing around, you know? And so, but 12 is about right. Twelve is the the lower end number.
0: Yeah, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but tell me about your system goals, and and, and I know uh, I want you to share your goals, um, which I absolutely love. But all right.
1: Man. Kevin. Hey, folks, sorry about that.
0: Sorry. Hey, tell me about yours. I can, it can relate to also a high school team.
1: Right. So, you know, each, each team has to set their own individual. Ours happen to be, I think they're well suited for college men at our level a hundred shots 50 of those shots are threes. So one half of the shots are threes. We we send four guys to the offensive board. So we're we're in essence trying to grab every offensive rebound. And we send our shooter back to the top of the key because that that person's like the last person back on the press. Because we're going to press if we don't get the offensive rebound. And if we do get it, we'll kick it right back to the shooter to give him a second three. But anyways, 100 shots, 53s, grab 35% of our offensive rebounds, which you figure that by saying your offensive rebounds um, divided by, you you take your, the total number of rebounds and then you divide it by the offensive rebounds. And if it's 35%, uh, or I'm sorry, the opponent's defensive rebounds plus your offensive rebounds divided by your offensive rebounds. And if it's 35% or roughly a third, we say we did our job. And um, the, Fourth goal is to set uh, – to, to force 32 turnovers. And the last goal is to shoot the ball 25 more times than the opponent. So it's a volume thing. Like the 25 more times is the most important stat because basketball is like offense, defense, offense, defense. But for us it's offense, defense, offense, steal, offense, defense, offense, offensive rebound, offense. So, you know, we have we – have, we try to generate 25 more shots than the opponent. So in high school, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, I drop it to something like you have 32 minutes. So I'd cut everything by a a fifth, Um, eight, you know, eight minutes. I cut it by fifth and I would say 40 shots. I'm sorry, uh, 80 shots, 43s, Force 28 turnovers. I still try to grab 35% of the offensive rebounds and maybe shoot the ball 24, gap my opponent by 20 shots. Shoot the ball 20 times more than my opponent. You know, that I think those are reasonable numbers for high school teams and even girls. And I would say for the girls, good gracious, man. I mean, they, I don't know, you know, I mean, ball handling, when you press, um, unless they've been well versed and drilled in ball handling, I think you can create a lot of turnovers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I. um, But like you're saying, though, fatigue comes in. You got you got to utilize a lot of players. I mean, my best player. This is what I like about it. Is my mistake last year is I I did not play my bench enough, uh, and we were a pressing team. So I was like, you know. So I mean, you know, I need to have faith in my bench. I need to play 11 to 12 players, and mix match my shifts. Right? Yeah. Help me with that.
1: So. You, you, you take your two best shooters, and you put one in shift A and one in shift B. And, you know, two best point guards, one in shift A, one in shift B. And you try to evenly match your shifts. You don't want to have a big drop-off. And I do this. Right. Uh, I've done it different ways where I take a, a whole third five, especially early in the season, and let them come in. Like I'll go A, B, A, B, A, B, C. So C gets, you know, a third of the shifts that A and B get. Like I told you, the top two shifts get the lion's share. But at the end of the season, I've kind of figured out maybe one or two people on C are not, you know, they just haven't really performed well. So then I fold in the C shift into the A and the B shift. And finally... We keep stats, and we say, what was the the score when you went in? What was the score when you came out? Are you plus minus with your group? And if your group had a better um, game or a better plus minus score at the end of the game, you get to start. So nobody knows who's starting the next game until, you know, the previous game's over. So it's it's just so great. I mean, there's just no selfishness, you know. And you you got to nod your head to the other team if they if they got you. I mean, you know, because the stats the stats don't lie, and you're always wanting to win. But it's not really it's competitive, but it's more collaboration than it is competition. Like we're collaboratively trying to beat this team, and then who came out on top on the end? Well, they get to start. That's a little reward for the next.
0: Well, everybody plays, so I mean, it's not like okay, a coach is going to sit me on the bench. You know, I'm going to, you know, basically cheer everybody on. No, you're going to play. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're going to play. So,
0: yeah, I, I just love that mentality. And 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 take me now to your offense. And I um, and I know the bottom line, right, coach, is you're trying to get quick shots. And and, and to me, what I see is like. Gary does it one way. Doug does it one way. David does it one way. What is your basic philosophy? Are you trying to spread people out, drive and kick? Set, I mean, what, what is right. your basic so philosophy before, on your offense?
1: Uh, we went to the system. I did a lot of read and react stuff. I really liked that. I like Vance Wahlberg. I personally, on my team, can get some athletic kids. I mean, I, I just, just got to say it like that. I mean, I can get some athletic kids – at my school. That's we um we have a lot of first generational college students. We are open to, you know, helping uh students that like I said, maybe are first generational college students. So I can get some athletic kids. So driving, kicking, uh beating a guy off the dribble and then what what um you call in the in the reading react the circle turn. That stuff really works. So that stuff works for me and the 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 personnel that I have. But if I were Doug Porter or uh, Arsenault, you know, I've seen them play, and they may have to have a few more screens and send some send some girls off screens. So you know, who is dependent a lot on your personnel. I mean, you know, know, you're not going to escape a whole lot from your genetic background. I mean, all babies are born about the same size, but I know that the assistant football coach here and his wife, who's a volleyball player, they're like six foot eight. You know, when their kid's born, he's the same size as all the other babies. but eventually he's going to be a giant, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. So some people are just, you know, they're made differently. And so you have to, you have to work with that. But um, for me, that's why I say, I would never tell you exactly what offense to do. But what I would tell you is, don't don't try to make it too complicated because it takes too long, and your goal your goal to exactly. be yeah. to get a shot up within twelve seconds. So you know get three or four things that you can do three or four options and have them run them five on zero and then put in your defense against it and just have them work on those things. And then when they get a little you know worn and and everybody's kind of picking up on it, then tweak one or two of them. But um, you know yeah. you, you just. You don't want to – you just don't want to overload them. So we say 12 seconds. We say get the ball out of bounds. I got this from Westhead. Go right foot, left foot, right foot, and now pick up your left foot. It's still hanging over the inbound line. And throw it with a baseball pass down to your teammate who will collect the ball, take one dribble, maybe get a drag ball screen, and then hit the elbow and, you know, natural pitch it to a teammate who's going to shoot it and i call that great offense <laughs> you know and that took 5 seconds with with all four guys right. crashing the board so you know we we have some we have some quick hitters and some hammer plays you know we got from pop and those guys at san antonio we watch on tv and things but that's after a timeout or a dead ball or a free throw or something like that every other time it, we say if we throw you the ball from the back court to the front court that means we want you to shoot it. So don't think. It's great.
0: So you're spread. You're basically, I'm trying to remember what you had in the video. Um, you're, you're, you're spacing. You're looking for middle penetration, or you're looking for, hey, if you're open. Because I'll be honest with you, my I have changed over the years. We run a yeah. five out. My bottom line is if you're That's open, right. but you here's, shoot. Here's how. And, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. No, you're right. No, you're no.
0: You're I mean, I just. I just, I don't over, I don't over coach. No, that's right.
1: And <laughs> here's here. But then you say, well, which of the five of us shoot, right? That's the next question. Like if you're open shoot, but, but right, sure. Which of the five of us shoot? Well, the answer is this, you've, you've taken 200 three point shots in practice uh, for, you know, six weeks or or over the summer or whatever. You've taken all these shots and you've recorded them, and you know, I mean, there's got to be a certain sense of um, integrity. I mean, the players can't come in and say I made 95 every time, and then you watch them and they make 75. <laughs> right. But, but, but you, you sure. know, there's a certain sense of integrity, and the 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 passer's got to count the number of shots, and the shooter counts the makes. But so you have these charts, you have these big charts up in your locker room or on the side of the wall in the gym, and it and it shows. Okay, after 2,000 shots, Sally is shooting, you know, wide open in practice. She's making 60 out of 100. And, um, you know, Beth is making 50, and Amy is making 40. So now we're all on the court together, and I'm thinking, if I'm Beth or Amy, I got to get, who would I say first, Sally or Susie, the first shot. You know, and then right. but if, if it's winding down and the shot clock is it's getting close to the 12 second mark or 15 seconds, then if I'm Beth or Amy, I, sure, I can shoot it. No, coach is not going to get mad at me, but we want Susie to get the first because the the stats show she's a 60 percent and I'm at 40 percent with nobody guarding, me. you know, and then, of course, as the season goes on, you can pull out those stats and and put them up on the board and. You know, I know education today. I mean, geez, I can't even hardly do it anymore because you're not supposed to grade in red ink because you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. But you (laughs) you post those stats (laughs) and, you know, some of your post players going to be a little lower. And then you just say, look, we love you. And you're you're look at how great you are at rebounding for us or being disruptive on defense. So. You know, this is not a shame you deal because we're putting up. This is just to, for us to be aware of who, you know, who do we want probably taking the first shot. And if you end up taking it, we're not going to be mad at you, you know. But if you do it all the time, well, ooh, now we have to have a conversation about being selfish because the stats show that you're not, you know. And we'll give you a couple to get, get started if that's what you feel like you need. But for the most part, we want Susie shooting them. You know, if she's in your group to, to get the best look and and then you don't say a whole lot more about it because the stats speak for themselves.
0: And how do you teach? Um, I always I always find it amazing how everybody teaches shooting a little bit differently, don't you? Right. Coach? I mean, um, and I, I like to teach from the hop. Um, I have a friend, Doc Shepler, out of California, uh, has a great girls program. Um, I kind of learned from him on the hop. And that's what we teach our kids, man. You can't, you hop right into the shots quicker. Um, and I just feel like that's the best way to shoot. Right. How do you keep shooting?
1: No, that's interesting. And I've done it, a, you know, 10 different ways over 20 years of coaching, head coaching. But um, some kids come in with a really ugly looking shot, right? I mean, they just, it doesn't look right. And you can help them with their form or whatever. And, um, But but sometimes the ugly shot goes in. So I would lean more toward this is just me kind of letting them do what they want to do. And then if they're not satisfied with their results, uh, I would I would maybe, um, you know, give some give some help, give some advice. But some some of them are slow. And what happens is they don't they don't get to play as much. And so unless they come to me and they're, you know, have a teachable spirit. But it is different because I'm in sure. college. So, I mean, they've already had a lot of fundamental teaching. And to change a college person's shot is kind of difficult. Um, but anyways, right. I, I mean, the whole thing to me is teachable spirit. And kind of want to make them eager for that. Uh, and if they if they want to do it, if they're not getting an offer to getting blocked and they come to you and say, I'm getting blocked. Say, yeah, let's teach you to shoot from the hop, you know. It's a new way. If you start working on it this spring, you'll be ready to go by next fall. So um, I just don't try to, I try to keep, I'm a, I would say I'm a little bit more uh, flexible or open minded when it comes to what I allow the shot, the jump shot to look like. We had a kid go from 20 some percent to 40. It, yeah. He went from 23 percent to 43 wow. percent over in one summer. Just because he just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, and you know we helped him a little bit, but I don't know that he shot quicker. But he, I think he he realized he had to shoot quicker. So,
0: yeah, you shoot enough reps, right? Yeah, you shoot enough good game reps. That that muscle memory is going to come through, right? Even though it might be kind of maybe the form might be a little bit off, but you learn how to shoot, you find a way to make
1: it. And that's where that's what I say. You just you're trying to create opportunities where kids are eager and want to, you know, want to get better. And not and, and, they, and they're kind of coming to you. I mean, I learned that lesson from my son. I have five children, and my oldest, after a football game, he was maybe seventh or eighth grade, and he came in. I said, you know, if you would just get to the outside as a cornerback and contain that running back and drive him back inside, and then the end could hit him and pop him and tackle him, and, you know, I was given, and he just stopped me. He said, Dad, you know, sometimes when after games you say, Ben, great game. And then sometimes you try to tell me what I could do to get better. And I go, yeah. Uh-huh. And he said, I really like it when you just say, great game, Ben. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, so, and so I started practicing that, you know, and. And even if he didn't get to play a lot or something, maybe in high school basketball, I'd say great, you know. And he'd say, "Well, Dad, I didn't even get in the game." I said, "Well, but you know what? I saw you on the bench; you were encouraging everybody, enthusiastic." And so he began to ask me for advice when I became more encouraging, and I think that really shaped a little bit of my coaching now, especially with the system.
0: Interesting. That that that's a great point right there. I think. Is that reverse psychology? I don't I mean, know. Yeah. Basically, I, I mean that's interesting because kids want to get better. Oh yeah, but but it has to be almost. I mean, it's almost through them. Yeah. Almost. I mean, they're taking more of an yeah. ownership at. And, the, and
1: the, you know, I mean, this these the culture again these days is you got to specialize at like nine ten years old. I mean, my buddy called me and said. Hey George, they want Luke to play either choose between soccer and baseball. And I said, well, "Wait a second, how old is Luke?" And he, you know, he said nine. I said, "Jonathan, <laughs> no, he can do both." I mean, you know, and and sure enough, those coaches got him, and they got him in soccer, and he was good. He was good. I think his high school team won a state championship. He said, "I won no part of it after high school. I, you know, I just am burned out." So, you know, I mean. I don't know. It's a balance. I mean, you do have to push the kids, but I also think they, you you got to keep it. I mean, why are they out there? They're Because they're good at it and they're, it's fun. You right, know? It's fun. It's fun. So, I mean, that
0: that's, that's yeah. the key point. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you can, you start
0: and you're, yeah, go, go you ahead. I'm sorry. You start taking
1: that away and you know, you start burning the kids out and it's just, I mean, let's let, let them go join the band or something or do something. I mean, where they're going to enjoy some of it. I'm not saying all of it has to be enjoyable, but, you know, it, 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 it doesn't have to be drudgery either.
0: And that's what I love about your system. It really is about the joy of the game. Uh, I've never seen a system team not having fun, the crowd not right. having fun. Um, and I don't know why more teams don't, you know, really don't, Guy, you know kind of commit right. to that but i do I, I but you know why you know it's the parents you know it's right. the administration it's the it's the so of i do understand it's the
1: culture of winning
0: culture about of winning,
1: winning. And, yeah that's know, so say, true the kid beyond the olympics i heard bob costa so i think is an excellent an excellent uh you know announcer anchor person but i heard him say about the olympics well they lost the gold they only won the silver and I just said, oh, my word, There's an Olympian with a, you know, a silver medal. And we just can't, our culture is just sort of the Protestant work ethic. We just can't accept anything other than being a top dog. And that that really does zap a lot of the joy out of sports. And so we have to be careful. We have to be careful with that. And the system really helps fight back against that a little bit. So.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the system's gonna become more and more prevalent. I just think you guys, you guys just gotta stay with it, keep teaching us coaches. I just think it's a great way to play. You mentioned it at the beginning, higher participation because our participation rates are going down. Aren't well, they Yeah, I, mean,
1: I don't know. I don't know the data on that, but I um I I know that you know it is it's you know it's not intramurals and i get that but um it's a tragedy that people like so so let's say if you're in a different country let's say you're in europe and you want to play a sport it's not tied to the school system it's not tied to your grades and it's all tied to your level of talent so if i was a c you know league player Then I could go after school. It doesn't matter if my grades are good or bad. And I could enjoy playing basketball on the C league. You know, I mean, that's. And so but we don't have it like that after seventh or eighth grade in America. You know, if you don't make the school team, there's really not a lot of options for you.
0: Right. No, options. So you could love
1: the sport. uh, Or let's say you're really talented in sport, but you're not very good at school. And I'm getting into sticky, sticky ground here. But, you know. Now you can't play either. And I think that's bad because, you know, some kids are just, it's, you know, I, I mean, you could take a guy who's a math teacher at the high school and I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, you know, uh, put, put all people in the one category and maybe bring him over to the gym and teach him how to shoot a jumper. And it may not ever really take, you know, and, and they just, it's hard for them. So, um, you know it the same thing could happen with a kid that's in a school that may have difficulty in school but can- can excel on the can excel on the athletic field or court and now they can't because you know it's tied in America it's tied to the educational system and it's an unnatural union but that's a whole nother topic
0: that is that's a that's a great podcast though almost having two different levels in a high school, have a competitive team and a non-competitive. team.
1: Yeah, we do it in colleges all the time. They got club teams, you know. So. Right,
0: right. That, that's a great point. Um, and I guess that's where rec departments come right. in, and that's another total, another issue right there. That's a great point, Coach. Tell me about your pressing system. All right, you're going to press. I mean, you're, you're constantly trapping. Give me, give me some golden nuggets for your okay, press. Okay, so
1: this is Gary Smith. You'll get all this from him, but he, you know, it's always you come together before you run to the ball, uh, instead of just one guy running to the ball and the other guy running, you get split easily. So you come together and you come as a double force as you're pressing on the ball. Hands are high, the guys on the ball, this is a Patino principle, never make the steal. The guys on the trap, in the trap, they never make the steal. All they try to do is get a deflection yeah. and make an errant, help, help force an errant pass. Somebody else will come in and make the steal. Um, and then... Um, you know, you know, rotate quickly, but don't, you never run up from the front of the press. You always run from the side or the rear, because if you run up to a guy, they're just, you know, they'll just um, dribble right around you (laughs) because that's a great advantage for them. So, you know, you always, you always basically just uh, uh, run up from the side or trap from the side or trap from behind. So, I mean, those are some principles. And then, like I said, you just got to play really fast. You mean, you can't, you, you can't – one guy, one guy not working hard is going to expose that guy and the whole team.
0: And Doug's favorite drill is the one-on-two trapping drill. What's your best drill for defense, for breakdown, if, if you do right, breakdown? Right,
1: right, right. Um, so, I got this thing from Patina where we go one-on-one, and then we go two-on-two, and we and we kind of hold the guy – so that, you know, once the trap occurs, it's, you're going to get beat, but you still chase them down. So, you know, even though you're going to get beat nine times out of 10, you learn to trap hard and then try to chase the ball down. And maybe they'll hear your footsteps and maybe they'll, you know, miss the layup. So um trying to think other pressing drills. I mean, we, we do a up and back and we just get in our press immediately. And I don't know. I mean, what we like to do is a lot of short cycle stuff. So we'll go, you know, uh, okay. up, back up, and then we're done. And next group's on. So, you know, because that's kind of how you do the system deal. You only go up and back a couple of times before you're off. Five on five. Right.
0: Five on five. Right. Yeah, five on five. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and because I, I was listening to uh, a great coach today, and he was talking about, he was talking about the drills are overrated oh, he yeah. says majority of his majority of his practices even in the off season are 5 on 5 pickup games and he said he says there's no there's no fluff
1: no, no cuz you got <laughs> what what's your no i 100% agree so i got that from Doug Porter who says every practice you start off with you know the first 30 40 minutes shooting Then you go to, um, then you go to skeleton, which you work on, you know, what you're doing, your offense, your defense, and then you go to scrimmage, and you always end every practice with scrimmage, so I let music play the first 30-40 minutes of shooting drills, and kids love it, and it's upbeat, and we have, it's all competitive, and if you lose the drill, you You know, you got to take a sprint or whatever, and that's that's fine. And then we go to skeleton, and I'll turn the music off so we can have some instruction. And then we go to scrimmage, and scrimmage is great. I mean, sometimes it's a 10-minute scrimmage, sometimes six, sometimes eight. But they know every practice varsity and JV is going. Coach is going to get to watch them play and get to watch some scrimmage. And then and then we we run at the end of it. Losers, and if I think the losing team really played hard and just came up short, they may just have a sprint. But if you know if they if they didn't, mm-hmm. then we may go a little harder. But it's all about being competitive because if you want to increase the intensity of your practice, just make you know just just make it competitive. I mean, make it you know a win loss situation, right. and and it, they'll they'll compete really hard. But then in the end, we'll we'll talk about put ups, and we won't. We won't, emphasize, we won't overemphasize the win or the loss. We will overemphasize the effort and the attitude. And that's how I evaluate them. It. It's kind of like a nod of the head. I mean, I told you about the one time they had to take all the sprints. Well, that was we were having to learn how to play fast. But um, our running, we call it positive conditioning. And we just say if you want to be a great team, you got to be in great shape. So, therefore, conditioning is a privilege. And and we try to approach it like that. I got that from Bruce Brown, who's a
0: Bruce. I was going to tell you, I have all his. I go, that's a Bruce uh, Brown Bruce thing Denny, right there, he, Coach. He I sent love.
1: Me Bruce. Out in Seattle with Denny's, and he just told me all about positive conditioning. I loved it. I love it.
0: Hey, I'm trying to get Bruce on the podcast. Can you help oh, me I mean, with that? I
1: can send him a Facebook message or a text or something, and just say, you know, I did a podcast. That'd be okay. That'd be great. I mean, it's not like we're great friends. He's been great to me, but. Uh, I'm sure he'd do it. He's a great guy.
0: Yeah, I love to have his contact. I tell you, Bruce is. Um, I learned so much about just the uh just running a program and the pa- how you work with the parents and and so forth. But his positive conditioning coach, I don't think you might be one of the few that actually do. I don't think a lot of people no, do. I right?
1: I don't think so. Like I did a lecture at the Final Four. 6 or 8 years ago Mark Pope who played for us at Kentucky and who I love and just got the BYU job um said I don't know coach I don't know if we could do this in division 1 he was at Georgia then I said you can Mark you can but you know he I don't I don't I don't know that he did so I don't know how many people do it um it's a unique idea and even if you instituted um of it or 50% of it, I think the point is change your paradigm when it comes to conditioning and turn it into something that the kids want to do as a matter of being good. So you're winning their heart over. You're not punishing them. Yeah, okay, we're running, you know, because we lost the drill or we're running because we want to be good, you know, so –
0: Give me your best, because what what I believe it was, and tell me if I'm wrong. I would run them when they right, win because right. of the you positive.
1: That. Yeah, Bruce. Does. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? Is that
0: okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't do that no. as much. That is that is very unusual. But what's your yeah, philosophy no, you on that? Do
1: it once in a blue moon to show that it. It's a privilege to to be in great shape, and so you're kind of laughing. But one we like to do is serve water, you know, Bruce, get him serve water or help your buddy or ask for help. He's got a lot of good ones in that little pamphlet that he has. And so if you yeah, just do great. if you just do some of those, I mean he may say eliminate all the running after losing. But you know, you may choose to do that or not do that. But I think I think to allow them to run sometimes after they won to and then kind of smile and say, you know, see, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. And they'll look at you a little right, funny, but, sure. you know, it's, I think it's a good practice.
0: You got to sell it, right, Coach? I mean, you're all about selling stuff. You got to sell it, man. And I know you're a good salesman. I can tell. Um, hey, my last question, because I know you got to go. You're a busy guy. I have a friend. I don't know if you – I tried to mention this earlier, but I think I was cut off. Um, his name is Drew Dorsey out of Alabama. He's a good friend. A matter of fact, his wife – played for me back okay. at LaGrange. Um, he's got a program he's trying to build. He coaches a, a boys team. And he called me up. He says, man, I love that podcast with Doug, but I don't, I don't have enough talent. And I said, that's when you have to use it. Can you help yeah. him out? Because I know he listens to my oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, uh, uh, you know, is, is he at a high school or a college?
0: He's he's at a uh, private school, which is basically, it's okay, K-12. Okay. so he's at a
1: okay. – He's at Lagrange, Georgia, in Georgia. He's
0: right near Lagrange, right on the border there, Lagrange in Alabama. Okay. okay.
1: Well, um, okay. That's you know again, if everything's about winning and losing, you know it may be hard, but but I would say if he could if he could take winning out of the center of his model and put in, you know, like we would call it either you know being transformed or Uh, put in something like um, attitude and effort and say, this is all I'm going to evaluate you on. Then I do think, you know, he could start doing the system. And, you know, if the schoolmaster, if the principal is saying, you got to win and all that stuff, then he's already sunk. I mean, you know, but, but if you, if you can get the kids playing really hard, I think, uh, and divide what talent he has. You can do it with about six or seven talented players, and the rest of the guys role players. You know, you can hide them a little bit as long as they. So they don't have to be great shooters. They just have to be either disruptive on defense, crazy tough to get an offensive rebound, or or a good shooter. Okay, Kevin, we're back.
0: Hey, coach. Hey, just hey, continue on because I know. Um, yeah. You were talking about when you left off about you can play with six or seven good players. Yeah, right? yeah, you can
1: play with six or seven, and then the other guys, if they can be either disruptive on defense and or grab mm-hmm. offensive rebounds, they can still be on the floor, and you can hide them a little bit, you know, offensively, sure. and and yet they're still getting to play. So, um, you know, I I think it can be done, but but again, it has to be the coach has to believe in it and own it. I mean, that's the other Patino thing is like. You know, if you got some if you have someone believing in you, and if I believe in you as a coach, you'll you'll overachieve. But I can't believe in you if I'm not convinced myself. So I mean you it really does come down to that.
0: Yeah, and I think it, yeah, it's within each coach, you gotta believe in really whatever you do, and you gotta sell it like crazy, man. Right. You gotta be a you gotta be a car salesman. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like this is the best way to play. I, I'm 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 very similar to what you how you guys think. I think a lot of coaches feel like, you know what, I gotta go total ball control with less talent. No, because it takes talent to, to be ball control. Right. I think yeah. it takes I think you can operate better and get your best player, one or two players, your shots within this type of system with less talent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, I agree. But you know, the coaches gotta really own it. So, but I agree. I agree.
0: Absolutely. Coach, tell me how the um, coaches can get a hold of you, um, whether that's Twitter, social media or email. What's the best way for coaches to contact you? The
1: the best way, the absolute best way would be email. And I I would just give my school address. I read it every day, you know, the email. So George, G-E-O-R-G-E dot Barber, B-A-R-B-E-R, like a haircut. And at and then it's at Greenville which is the school I coach at, dot edu, dot edu. So that's, that's, that would be the best way.
0: And I'll have you, I'll have all that, all, everything in the show notes and all that. And I really appreciate you taking the time out. Coaches, how are you? Hey, make sure to check out my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They were a main sponsor of my Legends Clinic last year. And I got to see in person why the Dr. Dish is undoubtedly the best shooting machine on the market. I'm super excited to get one in my program here soon. As a matter of fact, it's already in the process of being ordered. The technology and versatility of the machine are unmatched. Make sure to check out their product lineup and their new Dr. Dish CT machine on their website at drdishbasketball.com. And follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ball. Mention this podcast, and you can save $300 extra on your next Dr. Dr. Dish purchase. Get one soon. This is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast.
1: Hey, coaches. This is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at Dr. ball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in.